Welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this episode, we are going to be talking about Safe Haven. 2013 Safe Haven. Directed by Lassa Halstrom. And that's like the best that I can do. This like out of like a lot of these directors um, have just been kind of known for doing like crap, but uh, Mr. Halstrom, Halstrom, yes, 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 I'm good. He directed like My Life as a Dog, <laughs> What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Oh wow! The Cider House Rules, Chakula. The shipping news, like, this is a guy who, salmon fishing in the Yemen, like, which I, which I don't know if that's good, but it, you know, it was one of those, like, prestige kind of, like, uh, Sundance romancey things, so I don't know, maybe, um, but this is a guy who has had a pretty, like, interesting career, even got some Oscar winners in here, some Oscar nominees, some Golden Globe nominees, definitely. And then, I don't know what the turning point was. Maybe it was 2005's Casanova with the late Heath Ledger, which Casanova's like, it's not terrible because Heath Ledger's in it. If it was anyone else, Casanova would be probably unwatchable. And then we have something in 2009 called Hachi, A Dog's Tale, which does not look promising. And then 2010, we get Dear John. Oh, yeah. Dear John was probably the turn. <laughs> he also... <laughs> oh, man! Everyone has a He also a directed A Dog's Purpose. Last year's A Dog's Purpose. Okay, we, like, he likes dogs a lot. Uh, yes. And I mean, the man who likes that, dogs. that's not a unique trait a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't dedicate you know, a, a percentage of a film career to, you know, fiction narratives about dogs. But hey, you know. Yeah. And I mean, oh, next Speak year, watch out, watch Creative. out for this director. He's doing The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. Disney's The Nutcracker and The Four Realms, which I'm sure is going to be in 3D and might be nonsense because I've never seen a good version of The Nutcracker I on film. I just don't know if it exists. Not, no, you know. Ooh, ooh, um, he did 1995 Something to Talk About, which we might do. It's it's a Dennis Quaid, Julia Roberts rom-com joint, so we need to watch that and see if, see if Something to Talk About might be something that we could do. But yeah, this is a guy who knows how to make movies. This is a guy who has made good movies. Safe Haven... Safe Haven is like a surprisingly <laughs> bad movie. It's I okay. So there's nothing objectively when you look at it. There's nothing actually wrong with it. That's and that and it. Yeah, it doesn't. So many of the movies that, that we talk about just have absolutely outlandish characters and outlandish settings and really convoluted plots, which is definitely a cornerstone of a lot of rom-coms is like these very gimmicky game-like plots. This, this has a plot that is actually believable. Yeah. Um, and the characters, honestly, like they feel like real people. And and, and, the, and in the beginning, like it, it has it has a legitimately good beginning. It really builds momentum. We've got a woman. She's got like a I think she has a bloody knife. She's she's running like it's 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 definitely it's like a, I thought we were watching Taken for a second, and she's just like running, 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 and like fleeing and like hopping on buses and trying to get away from this detective that's like on her tail, and it's like it's it's it's. Like, it's not the best. It's not like we're watching, like, The Bourne Identity or something, but it's pretty thrilling. Yeah, I was, I actually, because when, when Jordan was like, hey, do you want to do Safe Haven? I knew it was uh, Nicholas Sparks, based on a Nicholas Sparks book. Of course. Um, naturally. Um, therefore, it was two hours, uh, when yeah. it should have been an hour and ten minutes. But I thought... I was like, okay, yeah, this will be a more saccharine uh, rom-com experience or, yeah. or romantic movie, not even, definitely not a comedy. And honestly, um, after the perfect match, I just wanted a movie that seemed like a movie that seemed put together. And Safe Haven yes. is that. Safe Haven is a movie. 
Yeah. Um, and a lot of the things we've watched aren't, or they are movies, but they're just so like the only reason they're movies is because everyone's a big name. Yeah, exactly. Um, like pitch, per- like Picture Perfect was a commercial for Jennifer Aniston. Like, do you like Jennifer Aniston? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's such a good way of putting it. Whereas Safe Haven, I don't even know. Like, I don't recognize the actors from anything else, and. Given I, they look like a lot of people, like they're all just kind of like white and like. Everyone's very average looking. They're very, yeah, they're just, they're kind of like, I don't know, someone you might see eating brunch or something and no shade there even. It's just like, okay, yeah, you know, um, a blonde woman and a brunette guy and another brunette guy who's sinister. Um, But yeah, the, the movie itself, it was a movie. It had consistency. Yeah. And And I mean, you know, we got and and not everyone's ever. No one's terrible either. Like we've got we've gotten um, the the guy who I like to call not Timothy Oliphant, who is Josh DeHamel. (laughs) Like he's like a few degrees from Timothy Oliphant to me. (laughs) I don't know if I'm the only person. No, I've heard we hate movies compare him to Timothy Oliphant, too. So I know I'm not the only person. And like he's most known for being in Transformers movies and being married to Fergie so I mean his life has been fine yeah <laughs> he's married to Fergie I don't think good for him like married to Fergie is a goal that a lot of people have and he is <laughs> he has reached it he has so, uh he'll be fine like oh yeah and have you seen like the movie that he was that like was supposed to make him famous but didn't win a date with Tad Hamilton no he plays Tad Hamilton I know what you're talking about because yes. I was definitely pet sitting or something and it, and they had like cable and it was on there but then something else was on and I watched literally anything else well, but I mean it's a love triangle between Kate Bosworth Josh DeHamel and Topher Grace I mean I love so, I mean I love a good I love a good triangle you know give me <laughs> give me a love triangle I love a good love triangle. Oh my god! But like Topher Grace, you know, playing basic. Topher Grace has been playing Eric Foreman for eternity. Like I like even watching Win a Date with Todd Hamilton. I was just like, this is just another version of Eric Foreman that yeah. was not fortunate enough to meet Donna. Because wow. honestly, if it wasn't for Donna, <laughs> that's true. And Donna's everything. I mean, Donna she's, is everything. She obviously is because if you look at her career. Oh, um, yeah. It's way better than Topher Grace's. Yeah. Topher like, Grace, I feel like, is best known for being Eric Foreman and for, I think he did, like, I think he cut all of the Star Wars prequels together and turned them into a good movie. I heard that he did, like, some, like, really good Star Wars super cut. That, that's what... Wow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've never seen it. But, yeah, like, I remember that's what he's known. Also, also, and I've mentioned this, I've mentioned this online, and people didn't believe me. He dated Ivanka Trump. He did. He did. When he was younger, he dated Ivanka Trump. I don't know why. Nobody ever talks about this. Wow, remember, that should be, there should be some articles <laughs> about that right about now. I remember reading about it in People um, Magazine before I had any idea who Ivanka Trump was. I was like, oh, he's dating, like, this, like, billionaire's daughter, huh? Oh, that's weird. And like it just I put it in the back of my mind. And then Ivanka Trump became one of the most powerful women in the country. And all I could think about is how she used to date Toe for Grace, which I mean, if you look at her husband now, it totally makes sense. She's got a type. You She's know? got a type. Like physically, I, I'm not speaking for Toe for Grace's belief system, but Oh yeah, no, I'm sure that Topher is a great guy. You know, but I, I do wonder like what what he says to his friends she when she just likes she just likes skinny men like you know somebody's gotta so good for her yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> I don't wow, know why I'm you just said nice good for her I was like oh, you know what you're being a little too I'm being a little too nice too to much Ivanka. grace to Ivanka yeah she I mean but I, I hear what you're saying you're saying you know somebody's gotta it's like not him. his fault that everything that has happened happened yeah you know she's she's like a you know before she became like the face of white white evil she i just thought oh that's a cute girl and i just kept moving she's just like a shitty rich person and then then she became like you know an eva braun rebooted kind of Uh, vibe but yep Oh my so, god! And we're so still back not to Safe Haven, y'all. Right, that movie. I mean, there's <laughs> just nothing. Okay, okay. So, so we've got okay, so we've got Julianne Huff to Julianne Huff from uh, Rock of Ages, uh, the Footloose remake. 
uh, that really bad Diablo Cody movie, Paradise, which like Diablo girl, I hope you come back. I hope you come back with a vengeance. Diablo Cody is going to be doing like she's doing a movie version of Sweet Valley High. And I heard that she's writing on the Barbie movie. So that, that sounds good. That's hey, so, those, that those good. Paradise, there. paradise was shit. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you put Julianne Huff, Russell Brand, and Octavia Spencer in a movie, that's a weird cast, man. You got to be a good writer. <laughs> yes, and definitely. No. Um, yeah, Julianne. So Julianne Huff, who is you know, she is a white girl. I spent most of the time staring at her, thinking that she was like uh, old uh, Piper from Orange Is the New and oh like, yeah oh, no, 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 that's not piper because i know i know one of those nicholas sparks movie is starring piper though one and they them. literally i mean well that's yeah every nicholas sparks movie has like a slender blonde woman who gets caught in the rain at, at least one point yeah except it's for very formula i guess technically the notebook she's brunette so yeah um which, I mean, that's the one that everyone really knows. Yeah, because it's the good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, A Walk to Remember is kind of good. But anyway. But we'll, I mean, I'm a Mandy Moore fan. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. can sing. Um, and who else is <laughs> fucking in this movie? Oh, yeah. Kobe Smolders. <laughs> How I Met Your Mothers and The Avengers is Kobe Smolders is in this movie playing a character. That frankly, she is too young and too notable to be playing. This is a Hallmark Channel kind of thing. Like, where's like Hillary Duff's sister Haley? This is a Haley Duff kind of role. What the fuck? (laughs) 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 Why Why is Kobe Smulders in this movie playing the worst possible character? A young woman in the prime of her career should be playing, which is a ghost wife. Yeah. A ghost wife. She's playing a ghost wife. Yeah, which is exactly what it sounds like. She's the ghost of someone's wife. Who haunts... How I Met Your Mothers. I don't... Have you... Did you not watch How I Met Your Mother? No, I didn't. I mean, oh, I've seen a few episodes, so I didn't recognize her, but... Uh, we yeah, I don't know need what- to watch that together. <laughs> It is one of the biggest, the greatest, the the greatest white joys of my life is how I met your mother. It's, it's such, it's such bullshit. It's, it's the most bullshit show ever. And it has one of the worst endings ever. But anyway, suffice to say that this is just like a big waste of her, like, I mean, Avengers wastes her, Age of Ultron wastes her. So I guess... This was going to waste her too. But anyway, we haven't even we haven't even given the full plot yet cuz I've just been diverging into into nerd territory. This I went to but film school, okay? Also like honestly, <laughs> this movie was so boring. It's good that there's ways to diverge because we couldn't actually just talk about the plot for that long cuz it's I mean the plot again, so unlike some of the other movies we've watched, some of the other movies we've watched the plot themselves are the issue because it's like you know, it's like how to lose a guy in 10 days. Okay, this is such a convoluted plot. You have to really be funny or really make it good for people to actually care. This plot is actually a good plot. Like, I act, I will say this. I think this plot could have been, if it was created in 45 less minutes and given actually more texture, like maybe more lines, maybe actually some comedy, because it's definitely not a comedy. That's oh, the yeah. other thing. It's not, it's not funny. It's not funny. That the- little kid is supposed to be... Ugh. The the kids are supposed to be giving us the laughs, and that's only for, like, old people. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, and, like, like, it... Like, after all of the other... All the other movies we've seen are supposed to be funny at points, whether they succeed or not. This doesn't even try, which I guess, you know, it knows it's lame, but it's also... It's lame is so slow. Oh, Um, oh, yeah. It's... I mean, I was like... You know, watching it, I was just like... Because, you know, I'm from the South. Well, I don't know if you don't know, listeners. I'm from the South. I'm from Georgia. The movie takes place in North Carolina. I was just like... what I wouldn't give to be on a North Carolina beach right now. This looks fucking amazing. Like I was looking at it like a brochure and it's kind of shot that way. It is. It does feel like <laughs> almost like a, tr- like come to a small town in the South and hang out. Like 
It's the south and the beach, which is like, honestly, that's the one thing that North Carolina has going for it. It's a southern place with the beach. Um, Like, I mean, Georgia has a beach, too, but you got to drive to an island and you got to spend money anyway. Wilmington Beach. Yeah, it was. I mean, visually, it is beautiful, which most of the movies we've watched don't have that. Yeah. Um, But it also plays on that so hard. It's obnoxious. It's It's like, okay, we get it. It's pretty. There's there's birds. It's like five minute shots of like the main character walking and like birds and then like her turning her head and seeing someone and like waving. And I'm like, okay, move on. Move on. Yeah. (laughs) I will watch Planet Earth if I want to see beauty. Give me a plot. So, um, so basically the plot is this, um, a woman is running away from something. We don't know what it is. Well, I knew what it was because it was really obvious. Yeah. And, um, she like falls, she has like this, like very, very slow romance with a man, like so slow that by the end it's like, do they really love each other? Yeah. Um, She has this very slow romance with a man. She works at like, I think a diner or something. She lives in like a cabin and the only her only neighbor is a character played by Kobe Smulders and Kobe Smulders only talks to her, doesn't speak to anyone else. She never mentions Kobe Smulders to anyone. It's a very like sixth sense thing where you're just like, wait, (laughs) is Kobe Smulders going to talk to anyone else? Hmm. That's weird. And, you know, I, I watched this movie with my boyfriend and I basically goaded i i basically like convinced him to watch it by telling him that there are two twists because he was just like this is so boring you know he likes high art high film art beautiful Uh, right like like all of that stuff and i mean so do i but you know he's he's way more prissy about it than i am um (laughs) and like so like he's just like this movie isn't visually interesting and i am bored (laughs) and i'm like okay well okay you can leave but there are gonna be two twists he was just like damn it damn it the twist stay for the twist stay for the twist and the two twists are this really um you find out that the guy who is trying to track her down is her husband like a lot of this because like the movie tries to trick you and be like oh maybe she killed someone maybe she's a criminal but from the moment that you look at this white woman like the most that she could have done is like made somebody murder somebody like i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) she does they don't give her she doesn't have she has the vibe of a woman who has a secret because she has to protect herself she doesn't have the vibe of a woman who has an insidious secret yeah exactly Um, she's just she seems so like she just does not seem like a person who has any malice for anyone or really feels any strong feelings about anyone, including her man, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's so, yeah. The, so that's kind of like what it is. It's like, she, she's hiding. She's got a secret. Um, she, uh, Josh DeHamel is, a is, is a widower and he's raising two kids by himself which like always hot, right? Yeah, just the hottest. I mean, very and he wears a lot of plaid. He does. He only owns plaid shirts. Uh and you know, it's like a very beautiful little town and everybody's nice and it's just and like it she seems can learn like, how to trust. Again. I mean, you know, they don't have a lot of side characters in this movie, which which makes sense, like keep it clean, but like it seems like they're the only young people, <laughs> like one hundred. Besides, like except for like the cop, the yeah. cop guy, because there was one time right. when they were just like, oh, oh, like you've been caught, and of course, like, like it like triggers her PTSD, but it's supposed to be a fun joke. That's another thing. She's dealing with PTSD through this entire movie, and it's the only time where there's any drama is when she's dealing with her PTSD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And again, like that, I don't know if it was done better. It's not even that it was done that badly. It's just so slow. You just don't have enough reason to care, you know, like because of the subject matter, I wanted to care more than I did. Um, Yeah, it's, you know, what's really, what's really interesting about this movie is that there is nothing objectively wrong with it. It's just like there's something missing. Just like a spark. There's yes. just something. There's like an empty something. Like, I don't know what you need. to. I, I don't even know what you need to add. I do know that th- 
that it was two hours long and that the first 10 minutes are like after the the first like three to four minutes are like her running with a knife and like you need that but then there's like 10 minutes of credits and like birds and like i just needed that to be shorter yeah um and then there this was a lot of parts in there like where it was like the beach and birds and again it was beautiful but it was like just cut it out like just cut that shorter like it needed to be edited down but beyond that like I don't know what it needed, but it definitely needed something because the thought of watching it again makes me want to fall asleep. Oh, yeah. Like, and, I wanna... you know, and, and the thing is, is that like basically nothing happens until this until her ex-husband, who is also a cop, it likes like he's the it's like he's in a different movie and he's trying to invade her movie. That's such a good way of putting it. That's exactly how it feels because the scenes where she sh- switches to him like before the ends where he's but uh It's such a different tone. Yeah, it's very different. And so basically you see him lose his job because he's because he's drinking vodka out of a water bottle. Where at which point my boyfriend was just like, who does that? And I was like, I'm in comedy. I know several people who do. Yeah. Like, like, no, (laughs) people are doing that. People are doing that. They are. (laughs) Um, But uh, like, and so he just basically like he shows up. Just like very menacing. There's a scene where he's like, where he's like questioning Josh Demel's daughter. And like, you think, oh my God, he's going to flip out on this kid. And then, you know, at the last moment he like stops himself and I'm just like, oh, and then that was the moment where I'm just like, is this guy, is this guy all right? Like, is he just going to like see her? He's going to, when he finally sees her, is he going to see that she's in love? And then is he going to be like, oh, I got to let go. And you know, uh, by the grace of God, go I. Like, I really thought it. And then, <laughs> and then we get to the big climactic scene where <laughs> he tries to get her to come back. And like, and as then he pours lighter fluid all over the house. Like he, so he, like, as you guys probably could guess, he is a deeply abusive. And so the first scene is her running because they got enough. Well, he started beating her and he was on top of her and she grabbed a knife and like stabbed him or like tried to stab him. She did successfully stab him, but obviously he didn't die. And then she ran away um, because he was definitely a partner who seemed like he would kill her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and mean, the whole time it seems like he's going to kill her. I mean, the fact that he's tracking her down, you know, after she tried to stab him shows how abusive he was. Yeah. And also um, after his police, the police chief was just like, we know that you're trying to stalk your wife. Stop doing it. And then like the police chief fires him. But I also feel like you should have just like, I don't know. I wish there was a way that you could just like arrest a guy yeah. just, like, for the intent. Cause it's just like, if you had just reprimanded him, he wouldn't have made it all the way out here. <laughs> it also like he was doing he was doing too much. Like my favorite scene um as a as a person from the south was like him asking the bus people like, "Okay, so she took to a bus to Atlanta. How many places can you get in the country from Atlanta?" And this this chick is rightly just like everywhere dude (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah because he's like from boston and so there's also this dynamic of like she's coming from the city you know like um and then you know her yeah her boston cop yeah like every every people who don't know the south have at least like had a layover in atlanta everybody because that's all anybody ever says whenever i say i'm from georgia people are like oh i had a layover in an atlanta airport once good job no one cares i don't care yeah the atlanta (laughs) airport is one of the most busy ones yeah oh yeah ever it's it's a disaster (laughs) i hate it um but uh so like one okay so it's like the thing that made this movie like i actually felt chills was because i was thinking about enough i was thinking about enough through this entire jennifer lopez's enough oh yes (laughs) yes 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 oh i watched that with my family at christmas (laughs) my family watches pretty bad movies at christmas it's like a thing we do but one of my younger sisters is really into everything J Lo, so we we did that. <laughs> oh was, my god, enough! Duh. It was a lot. It a oh, lot. It, it's it's a whole lot. Oh my god, how you get how you get a Puerto Rican wife and then cheat on her with a French woman? What is that trajectory like? Like, what what's what your are, plan though? What is, how many more? Episodes? 
cities are you gonna go for? Um, but um, oh, oh my god! And this, you know, my favorite line in Enough is like, oh my god, when he's like, "You're," my, she's my little croissant, and she's like, "What am I? Your loaf of bread?" Oh I, my god! I think about that line once a week. Ah, I do. Like I'll just be in bed and I'll just be like Jennifer Lopez, being like, "What am I? Your loaf of bread." <laughs> like that's just that line is like the perfect meme. It's like the the rebuttal. We need to turn that into a meme because that is that is cinema at its height. Whew. It is like um, that conflict. <laughs> but um, okay. So the one scene that we see with them that was making me think of enough was they're at dinner, and she's just like serving him, and like it's very weird. She like serves him like a maid. It's very strange. Um. And then, like, I think she just, like, refuses to give him more wine. And then he just, like, knocks over the entire table and, like, attacks her. It was a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He So she, like, clears his wine glass after he's finished, like, one. And he's like, you think I'm done? And then it escalates. And this is, yeah, so this is a f- this is the scene that leads to the first scene, but it's... We, o- we don't see it until almost the end of the movie in a flashback. Like, we, we have to watch the movie for an hour and a half. Anybody with any sense of, like, relationships and movies already knew that it was an abusive relationship and that she was running away. Uh, but it's like they, but they left we so still close had to the end. Wait like, it an was hour like a and reveal to and actually like, know for sure. And I was like, that's fucking annoying. Just <laughs> like, like, you wasted so much of my time. Like, like, if you had told us up front, like, very specifically, if the movie had told us up front, she has PTSD, she's got like, she's she has intrusive thoughts, like, she's dealing with stuff, like, it would actually make the romance more compelling because we would know exactly, like, what obstacles, like, what she's, she's dealing with, with. Yeah. like, why she's, because she is very private and very withdrawn when she gets there and she still remains so but like she does open up to Alex the guy that she falls in love with yeah and it um, what well, could be like because I mean he he you know I mean their main conflict is that she's cagey and that she's really hard to get to but I wish that they had had like a frank conversation about like where she was coming from instead of like saving it for a surprise because the surprise just didn't work it because we spend this whole time with this couple so if we're spending the whole movie with this couple it would make sense for us to just put everything on the table yeah because basically what happens is he sees a wanted ad for her that says she's a murderer that her husband put up um when i can't remember why he sees it um but he sees it and then he grabs it and then he goes and confronts her and is like what the hell and it has her real name because she's been telling everyone her name's katie but her real name's aaron and like obviously her hair is different you know and He's just like, what the hell? Like, and he's yelling at her. And, you know, it's a small town, so, like, it would be easy for other people to hear. Um, he's like, you know, I trusted you and around my kids. And she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I can explain. Like, I didn't want to tell you. I'm so sorry. And and then she says, she tells him, she's basically like, I was just, you know, a young girl, young woman who got with the wrong guy and he, you know, hurt me. And so she doesn't, you know, that's... Anybody who's not an idiot knows, oh, okay, so you were in an abusive relationship. Um, And she makes it, like, it's clear in that moment, like, I didn't murder anyone, but I'm, like, running away, you know, and, like, that. Like, and he's still, like, angry, which, I mean, is understandable because if you see that kind of thing and someone lied about their identity, you don't know what to believe. But it just felt, like you said, Jordan, it just felt like we spent an hour and a half with this couple as they slowly had small talk. Yeah. And I now, mean, even when they have sex, it's like really anticlimactic. It's so boring. Like it felt like a Christian movie. <laughs> it basically was a like, Christian movie. I've watched, cause I've watched a lot of Christian movies cause I grew up very Christian. And also I was around a lot of people who were very sheltered. So I've watched a lot of movies that are very censored or like made by Christian production companies. And it's always very like, there's a cute kid that like says clever things and like, Usually it's a small town because I guess that's more Christian. I don't know. And, you know, very vanilla. And this had all of that. <laughs> it felt like, I mean, again, it, it felt like a Hallmark movie. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and I mean, I don't know if like Julianne Huff did the best that she could. I'm like looking at her stuff now. It's like she, yeah, I was right about everything that she was in. She was in, she was in Footloose. She was in Rock of Ages. She was in Paradise, which is a bad Diablo Cody, Diablo Cody movie in which she plays a character named Lamb. <laughs> Yeah, don't watch, <laughs> don't watch Paradise, um, which came out the same year. Paradise and Safe Haven was like a one-two punch of what? And she has a bit in Par- a- Paradise is in Vegas, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, that is a bad one. Uh, yeah. Very different tones of bad, though. <laughs> yeah. Like her last movie was Dirty Grandpa, which I'm just like, she's just really just like. Re- like it's it's really weird. She was also in burlesque, so I'm just oh, like wow. all okay. across the board, just like like it, oh my god. Par- you know you know what's like the good version of Paradise though? <laughs> A movie called Electric Children. <laughs> you should watch Electric. Ch- we should watch Electric Children together. It's one of my favorite movies. Actually, it's based. It's very similar to the plot of Paradise, only it's good. <laughs> okay. I'm so down. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I love Electric Children. I love that director. I sometimes tweet about her and she's the kind of person who name searches and likes tweets where you mention her name. Aww. I love it. I love it. She's great. Um, but yeah, Julianne Huff comes from Dancing with the Stars. Like that's where she, that's, that's how she got discovered was Dancing with the Stars. And like she was in... Oh, yeah. She was in the most recent. She was in Grease Live, which is like a very, very overpraised version of Grease, in my opinion. The only good thing about Grease Live is that there's like more than white people in it. I mean, unpopular opinion. I never really liked Grease. Although. Are you a Grease 2 fan? To No. And to be. You, you've f- never. Have you seen Grease 2? Or I have. Oh, yeah. not a fan. I just. Go on. I mean, this is like, I don't like. I don't like most musicals it doesn't matter how good they are like footloose was fine i don't know hair i, I like guess. the original footloose Hairs- but I mean, that's hairspray. just because like the original footloose for me is just like christopher penn and kevin bacon definitely should be secretly fucking in that movie there is definitely some uh, <laughs> if they just if there was just one sex scene with them like i would i would and just, i mean yeah. like footloose is actually one of my more would be more at the top of the list um, if we're going into like classic musicals that that I sound like a complete asshole for not liking. So I recognize I, I recognize with myself that it's a lot of it is just like I just get so irritated. And I know Greece like I I understand like I understand why it's popular. You know, it's I don't think it's bad. I just don't like it, you know, and, and I think there's a difference between thinking something's bad and just not enjoying it. Yeah. But, I mean, Julian, I, I felt like, again, like, I think that's the thing with this movie. I think everyone played their role correctly. I just think that it was stretched out. It was stretched too thin. Like, there wasn't that much content, and it was stretched really long. And, um, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I was actually trying to see if um, Josh DeHamel had been in a good movie. I mean, When a Date with Tad Hamilton is actually fine. Like, it's not my favorite. He was in, um, he was in like a bunch of Transformers, the first three Transformers movies. No, he was in The Last Night too, right? He was in four Transformers movies. Um, Oh, When in Rome. He's in When in Rome. That's a, (laughs) we're probably going to be doing When in Rome sometime. Oh, yeah. I have seen that, but it was... I do not remember very much. Um, He was in Life As We Know It, which people have told me is a good Katherine Heigl movie, which we'll see. Um, Oh, he was in Ramona and Beezus, which, like, I didn't hear anything bad about Ramona and Beezus. I mean, Ramona Quimby, how can you do it wrong? I mean, you can, but, I mean, how could you? (laughs) Um... And yeah, he's I did. Just, I thought the little as much as I, I like, I don't know. I don't really like kids in movies that much, which also sounds like an asshole thing to say. Not that I don't think they should be in movies. Obviously, it makes sense to have children in movies. Children are in the world. But a lot of times they just like, I don't know. It, it feels like the only reason they're there is because everyone's going to think they're cute and it's going to make people like it more. Um and obviously there are incredible child actors and there are movies that have children where it's completely amazing. But I, I will say, I thought the little girl actress was good. Like, 
Yeah. I think that she... Like, I think that she, especially her performance in the scene with the cop husband, um, I felt like she did really well there. So it would be interesting to see what she does as she's older or if she does anything, you know? I mean, yeah, certainly this movie wasn't successful enough to, like, propel her as a child to grown-up actor. But yeah. I, yeah. I did, like, the little boy was, like, very boring and he didn't have much anyway. Yeah, what is it with little boys being boring? Like, you know, like, you know how, like, Bobby and Mad Men was, like, cast, like, four times? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think... I mean, there's a lot to be said. There, I think but when you I, put I a little, little girl and a girl little boy, the little girl are just like, yeah. There's so like little girls are from birth. We're trained to be social and talk to everyone and yeah. take care of everyone. So yeah. like, we're, I think little like I love little boys. I love little boys, but like Ooh. having nannied and stuff like um, the little girls, lots of times tend to be more talkative. And fun past a certain age. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, male listeners. I'm sure you were amazing children. Uh, yeah, just I'm sure nine year old right. girls are more fun than nine year old boys, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I have a sister who's ten. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, safe haven. It just uh, it was it, just it, boring. It just, it like just that's happened. my biggest well, until complaint. until he like lights. He lights the house on fire, which is so weird. He's very much like, oh, you're not going to come with me? Then we're just all going to die. Like, like, what a sad man. What a terrible... Yeah. And then, like, basically, Josh DeHamel has to, like, save everyone because he's the man. Um, and then we get the part at the end where I, I cheated because I've actually listened to a We Hate Movies episode on this. No, not We Hate Movies. Um, a How Did This Get Made episode on this. So I was aware of the... Che- like, I had passively listened to it. I had never expected to ever cover this movie on a podcast. It just kind of happened this way. So I had been told of the, that Kobe Smulders was going to be a ghost, but it was still fucking amazing when it happened because the movie was so fucking boring that by the time like she opens the letter, Oh yeah, I won't lie. I never <laughs> I like I don't like I had a moment where I was like, am I stupid? Cuz I did not see that coming. Like once I realized, I was like, "Oh right, she didn't interact with anyone else in the town." Um but I yeah, I did not see that coming. Yeah, it was it was like, "Oh my god." And just the fact that she Okay, so she basically writes a letter that's just like for the man my for the woman my husband falls in love with. And it's just like this like adorable letter where it's just like, you know, I died and you know, it it means if and if you're reading this, it means that you mean a lot to him and I just want you to know that it's okay and I want you to love him and I want you to love the kids and I want you all to take care of each other. It's actually a really really fucking sweet letter. Holy shit. Like that's so nice. Yeah. Like- <laughs> there was actually a woman who went like a, an essay that went viral on the internet a few months ago and it was um a woman who it was a woman maybe it was a man oh man i think it was a woman who had cancer and she wrote basically a dating ad for her husband and like i weeped like and it was oh it was like the same thing except without the whole ghost thing oh <laughs> like, my god okay but yeah where she's just basically like when i leave like my husband's amazing and like obviously you know like don't go for him like while he's mourning but but like basically just like her love letter to him that was also like i give you permission to move on and oh gosh oh my god uh, yeah if you so... if you ever need to cry not that there aren't enough reasons like i can send it to you <laughs> oh that yeah. sounds um yeah so you basically figure out that like basically kobe smolder's ghost had an idea that she was going to be the one that her husband was going to fall in love with. So Kobe Smulders goes basically hung around and like basically urged her to stay and like gave her advice and was like her only like really good, like female friend in the town. She doesn't really speak to any other women except for like the old woman that she works for. Yeah, that's true. Um, But yeah, it's weird because the letter is like beautiful. It's great. Um, But the weird thing is, is that, Okay, okay. it's one of two things. Either Kobe Smulders is a super ghost. Like, she was, I don't know, maybe she was just, like, so good with God that, like, when she died, she's just like, God, can I just chill until, like, my man finds a new woman? Can I just do that? And God was like, well, of course, you were just the best Christian ever. So, like, whatever, sure. Or 
Or, which is the more plausible thing, is that Julianne Huff can talk to ghosts. At which, in which case, can she talk to other ghosts? <laughs> like, right? Like... Because, like, you're... Because that's, that's, that's a supernatural element that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there's no explanation. There's you know, no like, there's the letter, there's the... Just hanging out with this fucking like, ghost. Like, it's just like, oh, and Was then... Was she talking to herself the whole time? And even there's the way no Julianne way. responds, like, she reads the letter, and then, like, she sees a photo or something, and then she's just like, ah, oh, okay. Like, 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 she's... It's not that she's not surprised, like she is, but she's also just like, oh, of course. And I'm like, okay, yeah, nobody else would respond that way. I would like freak out and tell everybody I knew and like, like you can talk to, to the dead. I'd be like, hey, so she uh, can talk to the dead. Has this woman been talking to anyone else? Like, why what, wasn't like, the whole movie about her talking to the dead? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if this was just a movie about her talking to the dead or even if it focused more on her P like it would be interesting if it focused kind of on the intersection of her PTSD and her supernatural abilities. Oh man, that's a that's movie. A really rich, that's a plot. fucking movie, but the like really like vanilla watery, like romance that is so slow and there's nothing sexy or interesting about it. Like again, like I'm down to see like a healthy romance, you know, like there's m- plenty of these rom-coms we watch are like so toxic. Um, but, they just they don't have any interesting conversations it's like they're one of the moments where like they're flirting or like connect it's like she like he trips or something and then she's like oh my gosh are you okay and they like laugh i'm like i don't know maybe this is just like living in a big city where there's a bunch of people but i feel like i trip every day and other people trip and i'm like oh are you okay and it's not like oh we're in love it's like well it's like dang i hope you make it to the bus like it's like a very like uh i mean you know uh nicholas sparks is like an old southern dude i think he actually is from north carolina and like i think that like This is going to be the most boring and stereotypical thing I'm ever going to say, but stay with me because it has a lot to do with why I don't live in Georgia anymore. Um, I think a lot of people in the South, especially like small towns, like their idea of romance is like finding a person who will just be there and won't be a dick yeah i think this movie comes from like a culture like i don't maybe a lot of nicholas spark stuff like comes from this like weird like culture of like very low standards for what's considered to be a romantic connection because like you know i mean part of the reason why i didn't want to be in georgia anymore aside from like me having a very like toxic home situation and family situation and everything else was just that like it was really easy to date and or fuck everything everyone uh like because there's not well there's nobody and that's yeah that, that was the other thing i was gonna say like about them being the only young people it very much feels like we're the only single attractive people here so therefore right. like which isn't romantic to me i don't yeah, know we've it's all very much they, they very much like settled for each other and it's not even no that ch- they don't like they're not even making a choice it's like the only choice they're making is i would like to be with someone well this is the person who is here yeah and it just like, like it, I don't, yeah it just comes from this like very like and i don't know if it's just i don't know if like nicholas sparks is one of those people who thinks that like yeah just like loving the girl that was always living next door to you and never meeting anybody new maybe that's that's what he thinks it's really romantic, but it's actually not like it, it, it's, it's not <laughs> like I've definitely I mean, like one of my sisters married her high school sweetheart and they're they're awesome. But that's like very rare. Yeah. I mean, like and they know that like it's for the most part when people just settle. OK, I know someone's going to be mad when they hear this, but that's fine. Um, We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, for the most part, when people settle for someone just because they're their neighbor or something and especially if it's like where they grew up and they never leave and there's a lot of reasons people don't leave like money and like everything there's so many reasons but um that's not more romantic that's just like convenience and like life like yeah you know because it's just like because because we're supposed to we're supposed to be pulled in by the fact that she comes from a very volatile relationship and that josh de hamel 
is going is not to be abusive. He's like, not like, abusive. He's like, cute and he's not abusive. I feel like those are his selling points. Like, sorry, low it. bar. Like, like, he, like <laughs> that is it. Like, he is stable. He yes. will protect her. Yeah, sure. I mean, he saves her from like a burning house. I mean, whatever. He can protect her. Like, he can do all of the stare. Like, uh, once again, we're into this like southern male thing. Like, can a southern male provide for you? Does he have a job? Is he strong enough to protect you? Is he going to be a good dad? Are you going to have a nice home? Like, these are the things, these are, you know, it's stereotypical to think that that's what people care about, but it is. And he just checks off all of those boxes. Yeah, he does. And, and I mean, to be fair, like, she's not very riveting, you know, like she's, she's, she's not deeply boring. And like, I mean, maybe, maybe she'll gain a personality when she deals with her PTSD. And that's the thing is like, if they'd been more op- upfront about the PTSD, I would have had more grace for how boring she was. Cause I would be like, yeah, she's afraid. And she has all this stuff yeah. that's repressed, but because there's not that there, I'm like, okay, well, and I knew like, again, like I immediately knew, Oh, this, there's an abusive relationship she's getting away from. But even so, since they don't spell it out, I was like, okay, so she's cagey. And secretive but like there's no like literally the only things that make sense about her and Alex getting together are the fact that they're both conventionally attractive and they're in the same place and there's no one else for them to pick and they're also both white so they're I mean both there's white. gonna be no issue with that like oh yeah, they man, don't even if, have like it's not even had, like an interracial like there's if not even black yeah. man that, that's conflict okay yeah. like and I'm not even <laughs> especially with her having like a white cop abusive ex like the oh layers my God. there oh man like, that would have been you know like, how mad you know, he would as be much as, as much as I find that that a lot of writers do not know how to write a black guy and a white girl and always fall into really terrible stereotypes which you were talking about earlier with sex in the city yes um like that would at least be a that would be a thing like that could be a like maybe they're from Boston. Maybe the cop is racist. Like, and you know, people are just going to be like, I've, I've got an issue with like people on Twitter being like me mentioning that Boston's racist. People have an issue. Look, okay. You know, who's stereotyped for being racist, the South, which it's true, but also like, so are the rest of y'all. So if like Boston gets stereotyped for being a little racist, why not? You know, let's, let's, let's spread around. Let's spread around the wealth here. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Also, it's like Boston is a very cop town. Oh yeah. Like it's like very heavily, like the intersection between cops and racism be like overt institutional racism and then like Boston and cops like I don't know it seems kind of ignorant to pretend that's yeah, yeah like for people like, to be like what yeah, like oh my <laughs> they're god. just and a bunch know, of Irish cops they're all white and, and you know as much yeah. as I don't want like Nick I'd feel like Nicholas Sparks couldn't tackle race mostly because I've heard whispers that Nicholas Sparks is a racist which does not surprise me at all um <laughs> given his lily white you know being from the south which yeah. but then also having lily white cast it's like yeah I feel like the south is diverse verse well oh, i mean yeah, it just, a lot of parts you know you know you know what's really weird about the the only my main issue with the notebook is that there's no black people in it yeah <laughs> that's so weird they yeah. would definitely be there yeah totally <laughs> like but um yeah yeah anyway oh man what if noah had been black oh man that's a st- uh, once again you know what you know what people talk shit about the notebook if noah had been black whatever we would have been that would have been oscar year oscar year the notebook it would have been in because it was right because it was right there in that sweet spot it was in 2004 it was right in that time when movies like that could still get nominated for oscars before everybody decided that they hated romance and they hated family drama and that they didn't give a fuck out of nowhere in the late 2000s um <laughs> it was right there we could have done it we could have done it. Remember, the 2000s is when Taraji P. Henson got nominated for an Oscar for Benjamin Button. So anything was possible back oh, then. Oh, love her. <laughs> I was so mad when she didn't win. Oh, my gosh. I was so mad because I was just like, is she ever going to get nominated again? But now it's like she's in like so many of these like good high profile movies. Taraji P. Henson will be nominated for an Oscar. Again. Oh, she's going to. Yeah. She, yeah. Hopefully. She's got that. She should. She should have been. She should have been nominated for Hidden Figures, but whatever. Yes. We'll just. Yes. Whatever. Whatever. What, what, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. But uh, like this, yeah, there was just honestly, it's like there was conflict, but they the so much of the movie was avoiding it 
that the conflict didn't even get a chance to shine. And this so then it was therefore just boring. Like, you know, as much as I hate like executive meddling or stuff, this is a movie that like needed a room full of people being like, what can we do to make this pop? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like it. like rarely am I like, you know what? The movie version needed to add more to the book, but this needed to. Yeah, definitely. Like, definitely. Oh my God. How many Nicholas Sparks do you think we're going to do in the span of this show? I, I mean, there's so many. There's a lot. So I do know we're probably going to do one to two more at least. Yeah. Oh. Like we know we're not going to do the notebook because it's actually good. Yeah. We actually Regardless like of notebook. how people feel. It's um, good. Um, yeah. And we're probably not going to do a walk to remember. I mean, no. I don't know. We might. Walk to the mem- remembers too much on that line of being good, even if you don't like it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. But there's some others. Yeah, there's some others. We got there. There's some in the chamber. We can do it. There's there's a lot. There's a lot in the chamber. I mean, yeah, what are there we, is a like lot. even from this director, we got Dear John. I've never seen Dear John, but I'm sure it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, but yeah. So uh, I mean, honestly, yeah. If it like you're listening to this and you haven't seen Safe Haven, don't. It's too long. It's too long you know? for what it is. Just know that it, everything ends up fine. They end up together. It's, it's somehow it's, inexplicably, even though the house burns down, they have another house. They get another you know? house, even Kobe's though he like kind of has a beyond. shop that I highly doubt would break even. So I'm like, how do you shell out the money for a house? Like, yeah. did some neighbor just give you one? Like, I don't know. Well, but, I mean, houses are cheaper in the south, so yeah, there's that too. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, a whole other house that's still like expensive. Yeah, um, yeah, safe haven. Don't watch it. Uh, next next week we will hopefully be doing something at least a little bit more bad shit i'm kind of i kind of want some bad shit i'm down for bad shit we'll I have see a few ideas okay i bet you have ideas yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, <sighs> it'll be good. It'll I mean, be, it'll, you'll be you'll be more awake for the next episode. We're sorry. I mean, you know, this is idea. You you know what? If you're on the train, you're listening to this. It's calm listening. OK, <laughs> it is. And that's you know, and that was my only like really my only comfort of this movie was that it was calming. And few things are at this point. Um, that's true. That's true. But that's I mean, also, I was telling Jordan before we started recording, I've been watching a lot of Sex in the City. Um, I have not watched it before. This is my first time. I'm on the third season. Um, as an as a form of escapism, when I need a little half hour away, and Sex in the City, like regardless of how you feel, it draws you in, and it has like a clear like theme and plot in half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like within five minutes, there's conflict or there's like gossip or drama or something and this movie was so opposite of that I think also for me I was just like I'm going from something where I get like all this drama and action in half an hour and then there's this movie where they like barely touch hands and nobody says what they feel because it's like this small southern town and I don't know yeah, I'm not Ooh, saying that's a small southern town movies. thing, but just like the the difference in like tone, like oh my gosh, the Sex and the City movies that'd be some fun. We Ooh. should do we should do the Sex and the City movies when you're done yes. watching all the Sex and the City. I would love that definitely. Yeah, and I mean at the rate I'm going, it probably won't be long. I've been binging pretty hard, so yeah. And both of those movies are terrible. I have especially heard the second one. <laughs> I've heard that they really like bring all the problematic factors. Oh yeah, it of is, Sex they, and the City into they're, like. They're one done by the worst this is the guy who co-created two broke girls okay yep <laughs> That's all I can already know. like and I've had I've, I've had some hints as to some of the things to expect there's I mean there's already some spoilers like obviously I can't live this long and not have spoilers for sex in the city like oh that's, yeah that's just not which is part of why I was like, I just need to watch this. So yeah, I you know just gotta, you got to get it out of your system. It's, it's a thing that we, and it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's fun. Okay. So we, All right, have, y'all. we have definitely gone into chatty territory. So, um, we, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter at bromance pod and you know, we're on iTunes. Um, give our, us a little, give us a little thumbs up. It won't a, hurt. Yeah, give us a, give us a good rating. We, we want to, nice to us. We want to do a few episodes in. Yeah. We want to do that thing where, you like us and then more people like us and then we make more and it's a fun, happy family. And so just join the family. Yes, join the family. Okay. I'm I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye guys. Bye.